another episode of Block Talk, presented by Theater in the Now. I'm your host, as always, Michael Block. Now is the time to help us out, and there are so many ways you can. Subscribe, leave us a review, share your favorite episode, become a sponsor, or do all of the above. And as always, follow me on Instagram at MichaelBlockTalk, on Twitter at BlockTalkNYC, and visit TheaterInTheNow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. We're going back to school as Drag Race Espana gave us an acting challenge like we've never seen before. It's time to break down the latest episode of Drag Race Espana and joining me on this journey is a queen who is likely no stranger to school time drama. It's Mandra D. Hello. Hi, baby. How are you? I'm good. I was going to do like a whole like look at me on Sandra D like joke as an intro, but I was like, no, I will. We'll. We'll. We'll introduce you this way, and <laughs> now we can. I'll make all my Sandra D jokes throughout the episode. Have you been? Like fully. It, it really, yeah, some people introduce me that way. And I'm like, just in case um, anyone didn't get it before, usually beating people over the head <laughs> with that is how we get it. Or right. I run through a, a couple different taglines, whether like, you know, uh, you know, Mandra for short, man, if we're being honest, or like, uh, like Sandra D from Greece. And then like two or three weeks ago, I was at the bar, drunk, out of drag, just like shooting shit with someone and someone asked who my drag name was. And like, I wasn't even thinking and it just rolled up the tongue. I was like, you know, like Sandra D from Greece, but seven inches longer. And I was like, <laughs> I literally drunk at the bar. I also then said, wait, where's my phone? That's fucking funny. I turned that down, hold on. So it's like, now there's, you know, just in case some people don't get it, there's a couple uh, backup ways to explain the stupidity. There you the go. Thank pretty you. smart, pretty funny. There you go. Well, we are here to talk about Drag Race Espana, but before we dive into that, I do have some drag news of the week. Um, it's funny because yesterday um, I recorded the uh, Drag Race uh, All-Stars 6 episode, um, which was released today. And of course, today is new information. So that Love is it. already outdated. Love it. Work. But here's our news. There is a Fab Four in Canada with Stacey McKenzie unable to film. She will be replaced by Canada's best squirrel friend, Tracy Melcher, superstar Brad Goreski, and season one guest judge and Handmaid's Tale star, Amanda Bruegel. And the hilarious Ross Matthews. Okay. No. Yeah, so, um, yeah, uh, Brooklyn Heights is still there and she's got three new friends. I was going to say, no one else literally no one else uh, i know i saw that on online recently she said um not not she said oh yeah brooklyn did post it too personally i think they said um due to was it covid related COVID. technical difficult yeah. whatever whatever stacy can't come back and then they're like yeah so i'm not sure i'm not sure if it was like she had covid or if she was yeah. in a place in canada that she couldn't get to there i don't know Uh-oh. it's a bit of a loss because stacy is really good at what she does Obviously, having Brad Goreski, who's also a um, style superstar, is going to be fine. And, right. you know, he's a he's a homo. Um, well, and then I think um, I love Tracy Melcher. She was incredible last season. So I think that was a great upgrade. And having Amanda Bruegel, she was one of the better guest judges. So I'm fine with that, too. So right. cool. Uh, uh, will they be a rotation? Will they all four be there? I don't know. Well, Obviously, right. with Espana, they have a, a main panel of four every right. week, and that's not taking away time but it's just going to be the question is brooklyn heights going to be the main judge each week well that's what i was going to say it's also what i'm really interested to see because i completely forgot until you brought it up that that's how they ran canada yeah. uh uh last season or the first time around rather they had a guest host 
which is one of those right. things that I think is really interesting in watching all of these franchises and all of these spinoffs of the show, kind of the executive decisions that get, uh, that get made and go into the production yeah. of it. Because I personally, I remember thinking like, that, that personally, guest host as opposed to a guest judge felt very like weird flex, but okay. It was very like, right. why, why is that the element that we're making inconsistent as opposed to just having a host every single week? So I'm excited to see how this works this time around. And also in terms yes. of... Um, in terms of, um, I made a note about it, so we don't have to dive into it now if you want to talk about it later. But in terms of, I remember on Canada season one, there was a lot of criticism about um, the judging of the contestants, which I also have very strong opinions about, um, especially about Spain. I think Spain's a little bit different than we've seen some of the other franchises in a way oh, that yeah. I personally enjoy. Um, so I'm excited to see, as you said, not only what the rotation is going to be like, but also what the energy is going to be like, because... There, I, I don't want to spoil what my thoughts on it are if you want to save it for later, but I think there's a certain way to talk to people and I'm excited to see what happens this time around. Yeah, it's, uh, you're certainly right. There's definitely a way to critique. Uh, some right. people do it properly and some people lose their job because of it, but right. that's what on the bridge it's, now. It's intersectional and it's complicated and I always uh, hold myself accountable to... Uh, being able to take the piss out of things and like, girl, we are watching 48 hours of footage into an hour and a half or 45 right. minutes without commercials. So like, really like no one's going to die. Like I really also, I feel like you can walk and chew gum at the same time. Like I feel like you can critique someone, you can critique the edited version that you see of someone on TV without also sending them death threats. And I don't know if enough people know that you can do both those things. No, um, not at all. Exactly. So I'm not trying to, I have uh, the drama of season one of Canada. No way am I trying to oversimplify and be like, he was an asshole. She was a bitch. Like I'm never would I make it that simple. Cause like it is uh, TV. Um, but yeah, I'm just very curious to see how it goes this time around. Yeah. Um, there is one more bit of drag related news that I do want to mention. So listeners, if you do not want to hear spoilers about things, jump ahead a couple seconds, minute. I don't know. We'll, we'll figure it out. But, there is some tea on some disappearances related to uh, the next season of Dragula. And there is a Rue girl rumored to be on the cast. And the literal last person I would have guessed to be cast, whether she's going to do like My Little Devil Pony or Zombie Taylor Swift, I don't know. But apparently Jade Jolie is going to be on Dragula. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was a joke. I thought spoilers on Reddit were like, we're going to make it funny, but apparently she may be cast. Did you see me? Did you see my light bulb go off the second right before you said J. Jolie? I was like, my little pony, yeah. rock him sock. And then you said Taylor Swift. I was like, J. Jolie? And then you said J. Jolie. Yeah. So um, that's a thing. Um, we will all be on the lookout for that. Uh, but there are disappearances and there are other credible uh, people who are rumored for the season who are gone. So we shall see, but keep keep an eye out, um, and we'll we'll keep you posted on the J. Jolie of it all. So but let's dive into Drag Race Espana. Um, how are you enjoying the season so far? I really am um, thus far um, for for a multitude of reasons. I think the 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 most obvious reason why I'm enjoying this particular season um, is just as a Spanish person and as a Latina, it's really always fun. Um, well, watching Drag Race in general, I, I would enjoy anything Drag Race, but um, as a Latina, I've kind of noticed over the years that like a lot of the Latina queens on the franchise, especially if you go back to the older seasons, this trope has definitely disappeared in the most recent yeah. seasons of America. 
uh, or, you know, Drag Race, whatever, Drag Race proper, Drag Race USA. Um, but I remember back in the day, there was kind of always like a character trope of like, and the bubbling idiot of like the Puerto Rican queen who can't speak English and her whole shtick right. is that she just like doesn't understand anything and we will send her home, but she is good for a catchphrase. And, you know, it's reality TV. So like, it's not right. criminal I'm, per I se. Mean, like, you have like Jessica Wilde and Yara Sofia right. and Alexis Mateo. Um, I wouldn't put Alyssa Summers in there because I forgot who she was until last episode of um, All Stars because they had to mention her name. But yeah, no, I understand what you're saying. So it's not like a sin for there to be character tropes. You quite literally need it to tell the story on TV. But um, I'm not saying that it was necessarily like super disrespectful, but after a while, I was kind of like, okay, I like to see these girls get paid more respect and not just constantly be seen as like the laugh a minute. You know what I mean? So to have an entire franchise in a Spanish speaking country is very exciting. Um, just to see culturally, because also, um, Personally, my ethnic background, uh, la familia de mi mamá es de Cuba y España, y la familia de mi papá es de Puerto Rico. So personally, I'm Cuban, Puerto Rican, and Spanish, but um, in terms of the three countries that, like, you know, ethnically I hail from, um, Cuba's probably really the one that I'm most familiar with, and mm -hmm. then Puerto Rico, and then Spain last, actually, because uh, my grandfather on my mother's side was the Spaniard, and he died, like, seven years before I was born. Um, and when he died, he was over in the States, like completely estranged from his, the Spanish side of his family. So like, I don't know a single one of them. I know like mm -hmm. his name, but I haven't met anyone from the Spanish side of my family. So personally, it's kind of uh, uh, the part of my background that I'm least in touch with. I, um, I've been to Spain. I went twice uh, in 2019 when I was studying abroad. Um, so I got this gorgeous Gaudi inspired shirt yeah. from the shop at... La Basilica de la Sagrada Familia. So I thought it would represent, because spoiler alert, I was surprised there was no Gaudi on the runway, but anyhow. Uh, I was, yeah, there, 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 there was no Picasso. I was like, hello? Anyhow. Um, but yeah, personally, uh, for me, it's really interesting just because I like watching an entire season in Spanish. But even I still put the subtitles on, because A, I'm not right. fluent. I wish I was. I'm trying to be. But also, um, European Spanish is very different from what I'm used to like hearing and speaking right. coming from the Caribbean. So like, there are plenty of things that I'm still like, leaning against like the speak like trying to understand like what they're really saying and some of the same words have different pronunciations and just the cadence sure. and the rise and fall of the language is different um so i'm really enjoying the season for personal reasons and also just because you know as i would expect these girls uh, <laughs> we'll get to that in a second most of them are full of life and very fun and very interesting and bring exciting perspective um so you know cast judges panel content challenges so far i'm having the time of my life watching it yeah, it, it's it's a really fun season. It's a strong season of artistry. Um, it's a really cool way to introduce the international audience to Spanish culture. Um, I just wish it wasn't thrown in the middle of the year when there's 5,000 other shows going on. Um, because this show is, has not been able to breathe because you had Down Under, you had All-Star 6, this is stuck in the middle, and this is the one people are sleeping on, and I really, really urge people to not sleep on it because it's so fucking good. Some of the most gorgeous things I've seen in the entire history of any of the franchises have been from this season, yeah. and most of them are from Carmen Fadala, so it's like, it's oh, just... Right, that, that's so a whole different story. Snake, when I tell you, I've never screamed so loud in my life. Oh my God, that was a couple episodes ago, yeah. I know. But I, ju I just have to give it a shout out, it's amazing.
No, yeah, no, that, like, yeah, you're right. There, there have been some really incredible looks. They've been pushing the boundaries. Um, and again, when it, I mean, obviously we lose it all in this episode, but the trans representation and the non-binary representation of the season is something we haven't seen on any of the other seasons. So we have right. to congratulate Drag Race España for pushing the boundaries. Down, fully. Well, let's dive into the episode. It is after the el- elimination what a bitch, look at the mess Arancha left on the mirror, and Hugasio has to clean it all up. They all said she had a great energy and that Arancha will be missed because she was funny and happy. Um, I think if they were going to vote on a Miss Congeniality, it would probably go to Arancha. I don't feel any reason to disagree with that. I think you're probably right. Yeah. The only other person, maybe for her maternal side, is Poopy, but she, she she's shady, and I love it. Yeah, it could be, but like also right, fully down, fully. But personally, after watching Drag Race for so long now, I kind of feel like the the running theme for Miss Congeniality isn't necessarily um, actual congeniality or like, because like, we don't get to see who's like actually the nicest in the workroom. We don't get right. to sit and like watch that much of them kikiing. Um, so honestly, it kind of got like blown out of the water and exposed on season eight, uh, nine when Aja uh, redubbed it, fan favorite. Right. Um, and a, a lot of times there's there's layover. There's someone who like is, seems to be very nice and polite and also people like, and that's always great. Um, I'm not saying that I'm just not congenial, but I'm just saying, yes, right. based on that, she just seems so likable to the audience sure. and like no one really has a problem with her. After last season and Lala Ree getting Miss Congeniality, he's like, I, I quit. I don't get this title anymore. What the fuck are they do- talking about what here? What are we actually, yeah. You know, Olivia... <laughs> Olivia Lux, fully, the second that got announced, you know that she full, Regina George, kicked down her bedroom door, started ripping. You remember? No, Regina goes through and she, like, rips apart the burn book, and then she had, ah! You know that was Olivia. The second they said live. Absolutely. Absolutely. Bye, guys. So much fun. Thank you. Thank you for a good season. And the second she hung up, she threw that laptop across the room. Absolutely. Oh, crazy. Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. (laughs) So Hugasio says she went all out in the lip sync and was glad to have been wearing a flexible dress. Though, if you notice the camera panning over to Dovima, she's rolling her eyes and not buying any of what Hugasio is selling. She thinks she'd be, she should be gone by now. Um, oh, this is going to be a very Dovima-filled um, critique of an episode because I'm just not buying this villain edit because she is just a cunt. She's just not a good person. Do you want me to start sharing my opinion on Dovima? Because I've had such an opinion for so long now. Well, if you want to, because I mean, we're, there's going to be a lot of moments that we're going to hit on this very, very same topic because well, it, it's it's nasty. It's it's really I took, not I took notes cute. like throughout the episode. So I'll like keep my comments to like the notes yeah. at the minute marker. All right, uh, sounds I, good. I wrote about Dovima several times in my notes. Um, yeah. So right off the bat, at the beginning of the season, I um. You know, it always was in the first two episodes of a series of Drag Race when my ears perk up and I kind of suspect that I might not be vibing with someone. I'm always like, okay, noted, but I'm going to shelve it for now. And I'm not going to judge someone right off the bat. Because I remember like cutting, jumping over to Down Under. I remember episode one, Anita Wiglet. I was like, oh my God, I don't know if I can handle this girl for a full, oh my God, so much. And then instantly season two, I loved her. I mean, season two, episode yeah. two, I loved her. So I, whenever I'm like, oh, right off the bat, I like force myself to wait it out a little bit. Because again, these are human beings. It is a TV show. Like, let's not, you know, subject anyone to like crazy mistreatment. But at the beginning of the season, I kind of had a negative, somewhat negative opinion of what I was seeing from Dovima just because 
not personally at all just like the drag itself i was like because for me my priority is always like am i amused by your performance listen art is art and we're all judging it by different things so i'm never to say that so-and-so's drag is bad or it's this or whatever because it all depends on what your personal preference is well according to my preferences and what i like from a drag queen the Wimma wasn't hitting it like right off the bat because i was bored you know beautiful looks are beautiful they'll always be beautiful but i can take in a full look head to toe within 10 seconds tops i've seen everything so then what are you going to do for the remaining however many minutes of your performance you know what i mean Mm -hmm. So right off the bat, I was like, I just don't think I'm vibing with her just because she's a little bit of a, she's pretty, but a little bit of a snooze fest. And I need way more than that. But now how she was talking to us, you know, killer and everything in the beginning. And yes, I have very strong opinions. Cause again, I don't know her personally, maybe, you know, like season 12, Britta turned out to not be an asshole. Personally, I've met her. I've worked with her. She's lovely. But you know, she kind of had like a bad day. She was irritated. So she kind of got like a mean girl edit, despite her not really being one but I think I might be leaning towards sharing your sentiment. This seems mean, mean spirited and cold hearted in a way that I, I, it, it makes me feel very justified and very, you're that girl I knew you were. It feels Yeah, I mean, like- e- even in the Meet the Queens video, she, she started out saying she intended to be a villain. She likes Disney villains. She wants to be the bitch and she's fulfilling the prophecy. Um, it, obviously the Meet the Queens videos are filmed after the season. So maybe she purposely said those things oh, to was- warn us. Um, but yeah, it, it's definitely one of those things where she's getting the screen time because she knows how to get the screen time. And I don't, I, I wish that she's not this person in real life, but if she is this person in real life, I can see why we're going to eventually find out, hopefully why this boyfriend drama uh, occurred between her and Sagittaria. Oh, girl. And in a way, in a way, it kind of, as the audience member who's now, like, you know, being persuaded to kind of dislike the character of Dorima, I've kept that in the back of my mind. So as we go throughout the season, watching Sagittaria either place high or win a couple of times, and Dorima kind of just barely avoiding the bottom or being sent home, I actually, that's so funny you brought that up, because as an audience member, I've been thinking that throughout the past mm-hmm. couple of weeks, like, that's what you get. That's what you, or like, whatever, like, yep. I'm sure Sagittaria is what, you know what I mean? I'm sure she's smug right now. Yeah, well, speaking of Dovima again, the girls congratulate Killer Queen It is an, until it is extremely short-lived as Dovima is like, Poopy should have won. Yeah. <sighs> Poopy did think she had it in the bag. I mean, Carmen agrees too. She made them laugh their asses off. So as Carmen says, they have their official winner and their sentimental winner. I am a big Killer Queen fan. I've liked her from the beginning. Oh. Um, I don't get this hate for Killer Queen. Right. I don't know because they're not showing us anything unlikable about her on the show. Um, I don't know what her relationships were with the other Queens prior to the show, but they're just not respecting her. And I don't know if she's going to win based on what we're seeing so far, but she's a top contender. She's doing very well. Why are they not giving her the respect she deserves? I love that. We both have done the same thing. Cause I also wrote really bold with Carmen and calling her quote, sentimental winner. Or at least that's what the you know the the the, the translation right. was uh, exactly those captions. But um, yeah, I don't understand it either because I would agree that like at this point I kind of well also this has been thrown out the window because I was just about to say um, so at this point in the season I haven't really necessarily clocked Killer as getting the like I'm coming for the crown edit. She's kind of just been like very likable and nice and she has a storyline mm-hmm. about not you know being bullied in school and never wanting to take off her shirt uh, kind of that she had with like Macarena early on um 
So, my, exactly. My point is they haven't necessarily pegged her as a winner, kind of watching it with like two different eyes, like as the audience and also taking the edit into consideration. But also I need to bite my tongue because spoiler alert, if you haven't finished Down Under, I didn't think Kid Amin was getting the, I'm about to win this season edit either. I also thought that she was just kind of like very good at what she did and was nice. And then- and Well, then, unfortunately uh, with that, I think they had to uh, pull a fast one very late in the season after um, the Scarlet uh, Adams uh, debacle of it all. Uh, but as a reminder, listeners, Scarlett Adams is on OnlyFans. I know if you think she's really hot, you can support her that way. You don't have to buy her merch. You can secretly just jerk off to her. Um, <laughs> but she is on OnlyFans. That's gag. Um, but yeah, I feel the same way about Killer. It's like, I, 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 she, it, um, it's one of those moments where the editors might be doing her, honestly, a favor by never having included anything shady about her thus far. Because now look at us. As audience members, we're kind of like yeah. uh, subconsciously like rallying around her. Like, why do you guys have a problem with her? Like, she kind of looks like a victim in this moment just for winning. Yeah. Now they're all like coming for her, which then kind of like pulls on our heartstrings. Um, but yeah, I agree. I mean, do I think she necessarily uh, has that like X factor that like has us pegging her as the winner, like Simone did back on Thirteen? No, I do think. Side so, note: I do think that Simone is kind of that gorgeous formula uh, and recipe for a winner in terms of instantly likable instant strong contender roller coaster of highs and lows um which but also just kind of like this weird indescribable x factor charm Mm -hmm. that just like i kind of can't see you not winning so basing it off of that do i see a killer as having that like it's gonna be me moment not yet at least she kind of just seems like vaguely nice and also good at what she does um but yeah, it's felt very unjustified. I, it felt, it, it, yeah, you, if, if if she were to win, I think the closest winner you could give her is Jinx Monsoon. Oh my god! Oh my god! Where she is this the lovable right. underdog against right. these titans, uh, but I I don't know. I just don't feel that quite yet. Yeah, uh, but Killer Queen parallel. is yeah. She's remaining quiet during this because one, it's hella awkward, and two, she knows they see her as the weakest link and doesn't want to ruffle feathers but the knives are out and killer queen is here right it's the next day the queens walk into the workroom and see three barrels of grapes uh what are they going to do with those they eat a few which is smart because they will not want to eat them later right supreme deluxe walks in with a blue tux and brings in the pit crew wearing a version of a toga honestly that's just a fucking sheet but whatever generous word toga this mini challenge is called and i quote two fags in a barrel because in Spain that word is allowed. Um, They will need to stomp the most grapes in their bucket in three minutes. And to pick teams, they have to pick an earring out of a bag. Now this for me was just ridiculous because you could see the different shapes that they have and essentially pick whatever you wanted when you put your hand in there. So you could pick your fucking partner, which is exactly what Davima did. Um, But it was Davima and Sagittaria, Carmen and Poopy and Killer and Hugasio. Carmen thinks they have it in the barrel with her legs and Poopy's weight, and Dovima has the string bean that is Sagittaria, but let's all go through this. Right. They put trash bags on their feet, and immediately, once Poopy steps in, the, in, the juice just comes out, and I thought that was very funny editing and very shady. Instantly. Fully. This challenge was out of control, um, but I'm kind of living for it. Like. Yeah. They're not allowed to touch the barrel. They have to hug each other, keep their balance. And there was just something about this that was like stupid and campy and really like the original seasons of Drag Race. When they made them, them do 
stupid ass shit and you fall in love with them because they're game to do that right like who cares um, it's a big 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 drag show that's all the franchise is it's exactly. a big drag show it doesn't have to be you know fear factor or like anything like super super intense all the time i i agree yeah this is so much fun to watch somehow i don't know how it was possible but hugasio lost the sock fully um right. no the bag cool. and then the sock stayed on yeah well it, it, it well lost right. the sock meaning it got filled with Great right. juice, and you right. never put right. that back on. Though she should sell it on eBay. I'm sure she can get like a hundred bucks for it. Ah, you're right. As someone who loves classical music, I love that they play the can can as Carmen and Poopy were stomping away. Um, okay. And as a, I have still not been able to stop listening to Carmen ever since they played it in the first episode with the um, the bull mechanical oh, bull. Holy. Yes, I see. And I remember what you're talking about now. Yes. But also, Carmen and Poopy were so good because it also looked choreographed. Like, at one point, like, everyone else was, like, trying to, like, hold on to the barrel or, like, barely hold on to each other. They had the perfect, like, the midline yeah. of their bodies were lined up and they were just, like, running in a circle. It was, like, it was, they were, like, just, not only was, obviously, their rhythm good in order to keep making the juice, but also just, like, within the confines of that little thing, they fit both their bodies and were, like, moving around so well. Everyone else was struggling yeah. just to stay in place and go like this. And they were, like, fully dancing inside. It was so How cool. would you do in this challenge? Oh, I'm the most competitive person I know. And this type of challenge is actually the type of thing that I succeed at. Like little, little stupid beer pong-esque physical things where I am like absolutely in control. Just a couple months ago, I went to a casino for the first time and I was watching my mom play games and I was like, this is it? And she was like, yes. And I was like, it's a computer screen. Like it's taking your, you know, it's rigged. And I was, she, she was like, low key, I'm relieved to see that like, you're clearly not going to struggle with the gambling addiction, but like you're being a party pooper. And I was well, over her shoulder for work. I was over her shoulder. No, th- this is why I, when I went to Vegas, I said, we are only playing uh, the slots at the end of the trip because I am not doing this. I have an addictive personality. I know myself good, well Me enough. Too. I will go until I win. Fully. Yeah. But also I was watching it. I was they, like, they know how it works. I was like, this is so stupid. You're not playing the game at all. You're just hitting a button. Where's the button? So that that's my point. When it comes to a game like beer pong or darts or any like backyard barbecue type thing, you cannot tell me it's not the Olympics. You cannot tell me my life is not on the line. I am so stupid competitive for no reason. Um, it's the Aries in me. Um, we'll get to that. You want to talk about my chart later? We can talk about it. It's insane. But I'd kill it just because any stupid little physical thing where I am the I'm in control of exactly how I do and there's no other layer throwing me off nothing gets in my way and also i have good balance and i could easily partner with someone and come on let's go well the winners are poopy and carmen what do they win just the joy of winning no just wait we'll have an answer for you soon work supreme announces that the maxi challenge will be a spoof of the historic spanish tv series Fisica, uh, oh, yeah. what Fisica or Comica, are, I'm not even sure how it is pronounced, but the show which featured a young version of our guest judge, Javier Cabo. Um, I guess it's like the Spanish version of Degrassi. I know. I also like briefly Googled it before too. I would say it's probably Fisica or Comica. It's probably that. That's probably how you say it. But I also Googled it because... It wasn't, until, obviously, as someone who doesn't know the show, I didn't get that, like, he was on it right, right away. It wasn't until, spoiler, jumping, like, five minutes ahead, until he was coaching Carmen on it. And, you know, when they right. said, what was it, um, what was your character's name? Manifer? Mamifer? Whatever it was. Manifer. In it. And when he said, you're me, you're fed, I literally Googled Javier Calvo, uh, Calvo fed. And I, have you, have you seen what he looks like on this show? I did. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. 
again, not to jump ahead. And I don't know if you want to talk about the churches later, but all you need to know, I, I, I should have mentioned it earlier. Part of the, a large reason why I'm enjoying this season so much is because it brought me my husband. He doesn't know it yet, but Javier Calvo could do absolutely anything he wanted with me. And if he's listening, I doubt he is. Hit me up at Manager DNYC. Oh, he's European. But I can give you my WhatsApp. Um, what, what about his husband, though? You guys want him in real life? The Javis are a couple. Is that who the other Javier is? Shut the fuck yes. up, dude. Yes, they're a couple. No, I'm not about that either. Are they, I mean, are they you quote, can, quote, looking for a listen, third? Let's get into it. Well, I mean, listen, I've conspired that... Um, Supreme Deluxe has definitely had a threesome with them, the way that the three of them talk on that oh, stage. Um, oh, so I'm sure you can get in there. They would love to have a little twink. My God. <laughs> so no, I was literally Googling it. I was like, this man is absolutely gorgeous. It's so good. Yeah. Um, as the winners of the mini challenge, Poopy and Carmen will have the power as they will assign the roles to the girls. Um, and they will be directed by the hobbies and Supreme announces that the guest judge of the week will be Alaska, not our drag race, Alaska, but, um, oh, Alaska, the Spanish Mexican singer. Um, I love the bit that she'll do later. And I love that during this like whole thing where they're all being like, Oh my God, Alaska, they had, they put her in the like in confessional. So yeah. we all knew it was not the other Alaska. Cause I was like, Oh my God. Think- oh my God. Oh my God. Oh yeah. my God. Like they give her a little I, I think a lot of people would have been, been like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah, so. literally. I, I had that same moment. I was like, I doubt it, but is it Alaska? No, it's not. Okay. Wait. Yeah. Um, it's time to figure out who will be playing who. Uh, first, we have Olympia, the principal of Slut Drag High. Um, obviously, that's poopy. Then we have Medifair, ghost of the deceased student. Carmen is ready to play a zombie. Hugasio wouldn't mind playing the ugly, freaky student because she's both. Um, Olanda is wanted by both Javima and Sagittaria. These two do have a history of wanting the same thing, and we still don't have that backstory, so come oh. on. What are we waiting for? Javima, well, she'll get that part. And Sagittaria will play Pabla, and Killer will play Cabana. Then we see Killer pick up a stuffed animal and immediately gets into character. Oh, man, is she nuts. Now, you're an actress. You, you, you know how to tread the stage. Are you someone who, once you get your role, you dive into the role? Or do you, are you someone like, rehearsal is over, the door closes, I'm back to Mandrady? That part right there. Um, yeah, I, uh, I just finished college last year. So someone who was just like recently uh, in the throes of, you know, said acting training, um, I developed a pretty strong conviction and opinion that like, this is our art and this is what we do, but also it's a business and it's a job and you have to clock out, especially when the job can at times be incredibly emotionally vulnerable. And when you're really, you know, when you're like playing mind games to put yourself in certain emotional situations, even if they're hypothetical, the the, the goal is at least to get as real as possible to, a, I mean, depending on what type of acting you're trying to do. Uh, but if it's naturalism, you're really trying to like feel things as if it's really happening. And it, it's just this whole method thing, I have such a strong disdain for. Um, it really often just feels like Oscar B. And like uh, when there have been horror stories of like, you know, Jared Letter, Leto in Suicide Squad or whatever, whatever, or even, you know, tragic uh, outcomes like Heath Ledger when it comes to method acting, it's just not worth it. And it's like, this can, it can be equally as impressive of an artful performance and equally as honest without me having to live in it 24 seven. And honestly, if we want to talk about, you know, what's impressive, I think it's kind of more impressive to be able to turn on and off your performance within the confines of cut action or the time frame of a show. So personally, no, 
I see what she's yeah. doing. I get it. <clears throat> everyone, you know, not everyone goes into this competition, even trying to be an actress, nonetheless being one. So it's not like I was judging her for it, but um, it's cute. It's a great TV moment. Yeah. It makes her likable work. And then, of course, we get Dovima asking if she's ready to lip sync because, well, Dovima is a shady bitch. Right. And that one, actually, out of all the comments you made this episode, that one felt a little bit playful, kind of like on season six when Brock right. said, I'm, I'm planning on wearing facial hair. And Bianca went, well, hope you're packed. Like, that felt like, yeah, cunty and shady, but, like, honestly, I mean, comparison to how Dovima acted the rest of this episode, that one, I was, like, that was slightly likable, almost. It, did, it didn't yeah. feel very, like, as the other ones did. Poopy arrives first on the set for her solo scene, and she is in character as well as Olympia. Uh, she is the oldest one, and she is taking on the role. Her character is sexually insatiable. She is a sex addict. I mean, let's be real. Who isn't? Um, right, she's evil. Right. And again, who isn't? Um, Calvo asks if Poopy will be modeling her character after Anna Milan from the show, and Poopy is like, I don't remember the show. I think Poopy might have dementia, or she's just really funny, and Right, she's older. Right, she right. Or I, was say, I was like, girl, you just got finished saying that you're the oldest one here. You're the one who has the least excuse to say that you don't exactly. Remember. So Poopy is really getting hot and heavy and taking photos of herself. Like, this is what I imagine an old person doing when they're trying to take a selfie. Because <laughs> um, right. I don't think her face would have been in any of the photos. No, the phone's fully up here. The phone's here out of frame. And she's like, yeah. Um, they then start asking her to get like turned on as she fails students and she's getting horny, horny AF. Which was a brilliant note. Often yeah. on Drag Race, it feels very like, which is fine. I'm not complaining. It's reality TV, but especially in the acting challenges, it feels very like across the different franchises. Yeah. A lot of the acting coaches are there kind of just to facilitate the sure. storyline that we're trying to tell about who's doing well and who's doing bad, which again, it's fine. It's reality TV. It's what we got to do to make an interesting story. But here, I was like, okay, that's smart. That's an actual theatrical critique to let it build and not just comment at 100. And it was just nice to be like, oh my God, wait, you're a real director. Oh, work. Or yeah. like, you're pretending, they, you're like, you're behaving like a director. I was like, that's awesome. They, they are real life directors. I mean, right. did you did you watch Veneno? No, not yet. I haven't seen it yet. Neither did I. It's okay. But okay. HBO Max, everyone go watch it. Are they, do they Time. direct some of the episodes of it? They directed and created the show. The whole, that's them? The whole thing? Yeah. I, you know, okay. okay, great. Which great. is why they do the crossover. Dragos and Spawn is really good at what they're doing. Work. I love that. Okay, yeah. fierce. It's time for Sagittaria, Carmen, and Hugasio. And Sagittaria is freaking out because they are portraying characters that are Calvo familiar. Um, yeah. He'll be judging them. And she's scared shitless. But... Sagittaria tells us her character is a gothic freak and a bit horny and has sexual tension with Ugasio's character, Orca, who is ugly and slimy and in love with Pabla, but jealous that she's with the principal. Right. What kind of show is this? No, lit I was thinking the same thing. I was like, how much of this? Because obviously I haven't seen the original. I haven't seen, what is it? He's like, oh, Kimiko, whatever it's called. Um, I haven't seen the original. So I was like, how, how far is this? How faithful is this to the original plot line of the original, whatever, dramedy or TV show? And how much of this is just parody for, for drag race purposes? And also while watching it, I kind of took a step back and I was like, huh, I don't know if anyone else has picked up on this. Cause like, obviously it's a very draggy thing to make something sexual for the sake of comedy. But I was like, is it just me or has almost every single acting challenge on Spain so far either been about sex or if it wasn't about sex, 
some of them play tight and well because they just made it about a very thing right away. And I was like, I I feel like every acting challenge has gone in this direction so far. I agree. Well, Mary Fair, who is essentially Calvo's character from the show, spoiler alert, um, his character dies from an accident with a shotgun. Um, So that's why he is... Right. dead like that. Um, Mary Fair is coming from the other side and sees all the monkey business going on. I love that she calls it monkey business because, you know, bananas. Right. Again, don't understand the reference. I'm sure there's a reference there right over my head. But right. the right. scene starts and Sagittaria is literally humping the lockers. Why? Right. Then we have Hugasio's acting and it's like, meh. Um, despite not getting much direction, she doesn't know if it's good or bad. I think the two of them just gave up on her. They're like... Well, Sagittarius thinks she should win the challenge because if it's about eating Hugasio's mouth, she already won. <laughs> I also thought it was funny with the, uh, right, fully. With the Sagittaria moment, also I was like, okay, well, this is a moment where like the same note that got applied to Poopy would have been perfect in terms of like, okay, maybe the character is also horny. Whether that was your choice or like actually written in the breakdown, I don't know. Um, but if that's what we're running towards, maybe not showing that you're horny by humping the locker the second they say action. Maybe also we build up to it. The same way that right. Poopy wasn't doing this right away, maybe it's noticing the locker and then eyeing the locker and then kind of like trying to make sure no one's looking and then getting closer to it and then kind of like, art, whatever. Whatever the choice is, I, I thought this was a moment where I was like, I, I was surprised that they did not step in and yeah. give them the same note again. But whatever, it, it didn't really affect the challenge much at all. Oh. But I, I noticed that too. Meanwhile, we have Carmen just creeping behind the lockers, eating a whole banana, which is a mood. Um, are you good at eating a whole banana? Have you ever done that yes. before? Yes, yes, I have. I have several Snapchats. I, I have a, there are a couple moments where back in college, I used to act a fool. I like flex in the dining hall um with with foods of a phallic nature um so i was definitely also that's also why i got such a kick out of it because i was like this is amusing she's doing well i would want this part if i was on the show because like yeah. also like scene stealer but also like whoever's watching this like hit me up after you know what i mean yeah so like she didn't even take the skin off like she was <laughs> gonna deep throat the entire thing i was like that is gross also we are Ew. talking about uh europeans here so we don't know if any of the skin has ever been taken off there you go. There's the joke. It might have been so now we got right. killer. <laughs> we got killer and Dovima up next. Killer is very much in character as um, her character. She is just crazy. Method actress, go for it. Um, I will be taking a step away from you during the rest of the day, but thank you right. for going there. Uh, Yoli is played by Dovima, and Dovima knows this is the point in Drag Race where you have to embarrass yourself. It, right. So basically, she wasted all those other moments um okay <laughs> now did you notice the pit crew extras shooting hoops with a soccer ball no shut up no yes that's brilliant that's brilliant that's something great work so spanish there is right fully fully there is nothing more that like when in doubt that's like my whole th- i mean i like many different types of comedy i can enjoy many different things but especially in drag stupid mm-hmm. that's always my first thing stupid 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 so if i had noticed a soccer ball something as simple as that in the background yeah i think it's brilliant 
Killer is going insane and her laughter is really getting to hobbies. They seem to be enjoying themselves. They're not really giving her much notes aside from like, try a little differently. And once again, Carmen steals the scene, scoffing down a bunch of bananas and belching. I don't comprehend what this is supposed to be a reference to. I don't know if I found it funny or disturbing, but it happened. I don't know. And also, I don't know if it was this scene or if it was in a later scene or if we didn't see it until they showed the final edit on the runway. But I did like the one. It was the final edit. Yeah, it was the final edit. When she turned around and there was like the tool already inside, like the whatever the toilet paper roll looked like forcing it open. That made me laugh for sure. Yep. And then also, I don't remember when um, Killer Killer Queen, as I would say, um, got the critique. I don't know if it was during filming, but I or on the runway. But I feel like they said at one point when they kind of called her crazy. Uh, one note. I really appreciate. Yeah. I think someone said it right. I'm not making it up. Yeah, someone the, during her critiques. Yeah. Okay. I was really grateful that that happened because I was thinking that while they were filming the challenge, I was like, again, not to be like pretentious and acty it's drag race it's like not everyone goes there to even you know no one's not everyone's trying to win a tony it's not the point and also we've seen in past seasons i feel like didn't alexis michelle have this struggle in season nine when like a drag queen who has very serious acting training and has has a collegiate degree takes themselves too seriously in a drag race acting challenge sometimes it gets lost because like sometimes literally candy moves doing this in season 13 sometimes that's all you need um there is a fine line like sometimes actually you don't want to be that serious about your acting and it is enough scene stealing but my point is i did pick up on i was like i really would like to see killer switch it up because the amount of energy is great and it definitely it is reading as crazy but you know you don't have one line and you're running off camera you have a scene to do so the, the constant hunched over and the constant with the crazy eyes, like, yes, it looks crazy, but I would have really loved to see something else besides hunched over and staring at the one thing, The whole because then we really are staying on one note. It's a good note, lucky for her, but I'm glad that someone called it out because I was like, there are so many different ways that you could be crazy and going to be inventive about just throwing yeah. your focus other places, but whatever. We enter the workroom the next day for elimination day and they're playing jump rope and everyone participates Except for Dovima. Once again, she's like, nah, I'm good. She doesn't buy into the stupidity. Why? Why not have fun? Right. Fully. Fully. It's like... (laughs) Also, what do you think those were? Were those like poor strips? You think those were like for blackheads? What were they taking off? Do you know? I think they they were. I think they were. were, um, Because they were Um, ripping them off and they were in pain. So I'm assuming that's what they were. Right. Um, it wasn't part of the bit of them walking in, but it, at that point it becomes, I, I have a feeling based on if I remember how the episode goes, I feel like we're going to talk about this more, but it becomes one of those things of like, I get it. Not everyone has different opinions, attitudes, uh, you know, you know, drag is a beautiful, lovely community full of diverse people. And I don't want to ever make anyone feel like they're not safe or welcome just because they're not operating at a Vangie Alyssa Edwards 11. But at a certain point, it's like, if you're that much of a, of a party pooper and of like a sour face, it's like, why the fuck did you show up? It's like, also at the exactly. same time, everyone comes to drag for different things and looking for different things. And I don't want to judge anyone's past, but at the same time, it's like, do you not want drag to be fun? If that's not, if you don't want it to be, that's fine. That's fine. That's all I care about it being personally. So I have very strong opinions about it. And as someone who's like been, you know, my background is, is uh, musical theater, uh, uh, you know, acting. As someone who's like done a lot of things that involve big casts, I'm so sensitive and like so instantly annoyed by like when someone 
puts like a drop of poison into the room with just like a really yeah. annoyed over it. I don't want to use the word toxic. Everyone overuses it. But when someone's an asshole, you can feel it and it throws it off for everyone else. So I was just so sensitive to that already because I know who that person is, been around that person. And there's nothing more you want to do than knock someone's fucking lights out when everyone else is having fun and there's one, yeah. you know, sour apple in the corner. So I agree. Right off the bat, I was like, shut up. Then why are you here? Poopy asks who's going to win and they think this is Poopy's moment. It's her episode. But now it's time to do a recap of who has won what. Carmen won the song challenge. Killer won snatch game. Sagittario won the triple threat challenge. Bugasio won the runway challenge, but forgot about that. So Carmen's like, you forgot it because you shouldn't have won. And Dovima's like, Carmen should have won. And Hugasio says, Dovima is a shitty person. Right. Which, right. Yes. That translation was good. Because also, like, that's one of the also the funny things about watching Drag Race is funny. As someone who speaks Spanish fluently, but I understand, like, how, how things, direct, a direct yeah. translation can be really shocking to English sometimes. Um, so that was one of the things where I read it and I was like, shitty person. I was like, okay, that's fucking, it, it sounds a lot worse than I can tell either of them intended for it to really be. Um, uh, which is also so funny when you said, um, back at the mini challenge, fags in a barrel, that word's allowed. That was one of the things that I've noticed and I've appreciated about, yeah. um, Espania in particular, because, um, you know, as someone who's relatively new to like the actual drag scene and like doing it, doing it for real, uh, you know, I don't have a lot of experience with drag queens, you know, the banter backstage in general, nonetheless, in Spain. Um, so, you know, for me being raised by mainly a Caribbean Latino family, um, that word is always so, it was only used vitriolically. It was only used as an insult. Right. as like the worst thing a person could be only in a homophobic manner. manner. So Maricon was so like jarring. So then to see, I think I wrote down all the different versions that I'd heard throughout the season, mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, maricon, mariconita, mariquita, not mariquita, but like there are so many different versions of it that I'm like, oh, I love that that's literally, because, you know, we talk a lot uh, in general, you know, in this current political climate about like different communities being able to reclaim things. So to see that that's like how they identify themselves, it's like, yeah, it's just you see right off the bat. But yeah. um, yes, pivoting back towards that, uh, it was so annoying. And then uh, tell me if you're about to go here too. Did they not cut to like B-roll footage of Dovima constantly bringing up the fact that uh, she thinks Carmen should have won that design challenge in episode one. Yep. It, yep. That, and that was what took me to a hundred instantly. I got hot, hot watching that. Cause at that point there's a difference between like making a little shady comment here and there, whatever, whatever. But then something about them showing her saying explicitly Carmen should have won because Carmen had this, she made pants. This. Cause at that point it just becomes a weird flex when you're also a, co a competitor. And when you were putting that much energy into praising Carmen, one of your competitors, just to spite Lucasio, it is so weird and it's such a weird flex. And this is one of the things that I, I can't stand about people, but also drag queens in particular, that have really mean attitudes. Because at a certain point, you, yeah. you look like the idiot. Because at a certain point, when you're that mean, you are screaming that you're insecure. No one does that. No one does that unless you really have an ax to grind. I don't care how right. much you liked Carmen's pants look. I loved it too. I loved it. It was stunning. But at a certain point, it's clear that you're doing this because you have something personal to work out. And the fact that you're going about it in this shady way, as opposed to working out your issues, you're working out your issues is embarrassing. I was so yeah. mad when she was doing this. It was bullshit. Yeah, so Poopy thinks it's going to be Hugasio's time to go after the challenge. And Hugasio says that Dovima wasn't funny and should be lip syncing, and they start to get into it a bit. Dovima states that when someone doesn't like her, she is a bitch to make it even harder for them. And I hate that, and I think that is just an ugly trait 
in this community. Right. Um, not, ju- not just the drag community, the LGBTQ community. It is a thing that happens. I know a lot of bitchy gays that have made my life miserable. Um, maybe not intentionally, but through other actions. Sure. And sure. it really, really pisses me off that Dovima is that kind of person. Because you're now getting this platform to be celebrated as the drag artist on Drag Race, and you're not a good person. Hello. And it also also really, um, I was really glad that Ugasio touched on it too. I I think Ugasio was the person who said it. Um, She was like, I know she doesn't like my drag, whatever, whatever. And I think she used three adjectives. She was like, if it's not um, pretty, thin, and something else, she doesn't care about it. And that also rubbed my engines up in a good way. Right. Because I feel like also, again, I don't make generalizations, but a lot of times, a lot of the cunts that I've had the uh, misfortune of running into are rather people that have disappointed me by revealing themselves to have like ugly personalities um, tend to be a very conventionally attractive, thin, whether it's also out of drag and they're, uh, you know, male presenting or how, whatever their identity is. And then in drag, it's I've I've really almost never met someone that was like a rancid, mean bully that was, you know, X amount of pounds and not necessarily conventionally attractive in a certain way. And it's something that I'm so passionate about because as someone who personally um, has struggled with my weight my whole life, has gone up and down, you know, many different times by many different, you know, tens of pounds. Um, it's something that I've been insecure about always. And then also in getting into drag, it sometimes uh, it bites me in the ass and I'm insecure about what I can and can't wear in comparison to other people. So it's just, you know, Dovima has met her match in me as an audience member, just because yeah. her being an asshole in general rubs me the wrong way. And then for it to be tied to that type of personality type, uh, it, it just, it, honestly, this behavior is representative of a lot of things that I can't see. Mm-hmm. Why are you being mean? So many people have so many other things to worry about in their personal life. Drag should be fun. It should be an escape. If you're an asshole, if there's something that you got to work out, work it out somewhere else. I'm tired of drag queens, especially as someone who's coming from a musical theater background. There are a lot of musical theater, uh, I don't know, not everyone's comfortable with the word. Let's say F words, okay? Who are already annoying to begin with, and then you put them in a wig, and they're five times worse. Because you put certain musical theater in a wig, and they unlock this weird Regina George-esque as if now they feel like they have a license to be an asshole. Shut up. If you're like gonna be, if you're getting into this because you have some weird, you know, intention to be mean to people, get like, get on my face. It's so annoying. Yeah. Sorry. Well, as you alluded to, um, Hugasi was sick and tired of Dovima because she knows Dovima doesn't like her drag. And if you're not, as she says, skinny, fabulous and beautiful, you aren't cool. Um, yeah, I mean, again, I'll, I'll, I'll bring it to the out of drag world, but um, I had, again, with these bitchy gays, I had a really, really close friend who never brought me around this group of friends he had. Um, and they all are very skinny, attractive, white boys. Right. Um, and it's like, I know I don't fit in, and it, but is that the reason why you kept me away and now we don't have a relationship anymore because what, your bitchy gay friend told them right. not to talk to me anymore? Right. I don't like that. Um, it's, it's still it's traumatizing. That's why I'm in therapy because of this. Well, you took exactly where I was about to take it. Um, and it, it, it's exactly what I was about to say. When these things that we're dealing with, these things that people are basing their opinions or their behaviors of people on are very sensitive things, very highly emotional things. Yeah. It's like, do you not do you not take two seconds to put yourself into someone else's shoes? These are, it's not, these are real insecurities that really, you know, fuck people up. I'm so glad you brought it up 
Um, that's part of the reason why um, therapy and mental health is so important to me. And I, I'm so glad you brought it up because I thought about it while watching the episode too. Like, wow, so many people in our community really need to get help. And I don't want to be classist because I get it. Mental health is not a care. It's not always accessible. And I don't want right. to write someone off and be like, ah, go talk to someone and have it become classist because they can't afford it. But, um, you know, I, uh, my journey with it personally, back in 2018, I, was, um, I had my first doubt of depression while I was still in college. And the therapist that I started speaking to uh, back then, I still speak to all the time. Um, and then, you know, this summer uh, during the pandemic, things got, uh, I'll, you know, I'll just use the word dangerous um, again in terms of my mental health. And um, dude saved my life. And then this fall, um, we uh, agreed that that would be a good path for me to go into professionally. So I haven't done it yet, but I'm thinking that like, you know, in addition to performing, I might be going back to grad school to become like a therapist mm-hmm. or mental health counselor myself. Um, so it's just something that I'm really passionate about. And it's, I really just think that so many of our issues could be worked out if people got the help that they needed. But in something like yeah. this, it's just like, why, why? There are, trust me, there are plenty of things that I'm insecure about. And trust me, there are plenty of things that I see that I don't like in terms of, you know, what someone's wearing or someone's makeup style or someone's hair or someone's performance that I don't think is that funny. I have opinions. Everyone has opinions, but there's exactly you know how emotionally charged some of these things can be. Why? Like, why are you being an ass about it? Even sure. if I don't like something, I don't have to, anyhow, sorry. Sorry, continue. <laughs> well, Killer talks to Gossio because she's upset and she feels like if she goes, she is an A total loser. She also didn't realize that moving your jaw and talking in a low voice is acting. So there are your shots fired. Over with the anti-ugly girls, because that click is still there. Javima says that Hugasio is irrelevant from day one. She feels they have been lenient with her week after week. And they just want to freak around. She believes that if you do a conceptual look, people have to understand them. Otherwise, it makes no sense. Javima says she's not cute, but visually attractive, while Hugasio is not there. Now, one thing she said is correct. If you can't explain, if you have to explain your concept and the audience doesn't get it, it's not a successful look. That's been an issue with Hugasio a little bit. But everything else that she's saying that she's irrelevant, that's the insecurities that Dovima is projecting because she is not the kind of artist that Hugasio is and will not get the attention that Hugasio will get because she's not an individual unique artist. Literally what I wrote, I literally wrote about this whole section right here. I, I literally wrote, I'm glad Carmen and Sagittaria aren't taking the bait that Tobima's throwing out. Yeah. Because you can tell that, uh, you know, amongst that little click, she thought she was safe to and talk shit. And it was so funny because, you know, Sagittaria, I mean, you know, not to insult her, but I wouldn't necessarily, because, you know, since she's so close or she was in that click with Tobima, I wouldn't necessarily expect her to have like the moral high ground and like really stand up. But it was just yeah. really funny to literally watch her sitting there playing with the blonde hair being like, yeah, but I don't think so. Like, I don't think she's actually yeah. or whatever she said. Like, her and Carmen, you could tell. I've seen this dynamic play out in real life, and it's delicious. Well, like, when yeah. you, because people have tried it with me. People have tried to, like, come up to me and, and you can't believe she's so bad. She's so this, she's so this, she's so this. And there's kind of something, there's almost nothing more delicious than being like, oh, you think so? I don't, I don't know. I mean, she's always been really nice to me and whatever, this, this, and that. And kind of just, like, not necessarily fighting with the negativity, but, like, kind of just like putting a little bit of like love out there and then watching them try to fight to be like, cause now it's an uphill battle for them to convince right. you that so-and-so is awful. So just watching Carmen and Sahitaria kind of be like, I, I don't, I don't know. That sounds a little bit harsh. And then watching Dovima have to be like, no, no, I, I, I promise because, because she is bad. I was like, yeah, it felt like putting, um, yeah. 
a lid on top of a fire. Like there was no oxygen for Dovima. Right. I fell in that moment. It was so good to watch. Hugasio has no beef with Dovima. Uh, she just always has something negative to say. And Carmen feels like Hugasio is going, but she doesn't know why. Hugasio says Dovima was a bitch from day one when they made us feel like she was just bad and and lasted two episodes. And now she's back to being mean and evil and puts her, her down every chance he gets. Killer says, ignore the negative comments because she is a good person and that's all that matters. So sweet. So sweet. I loved, and then, you know, I won't comment on it much now because we see it later on when they're in Untucked. Um, but I love that they planted this scene and they included this clip while they were getting ready early on to like plant yeah. the seed of like, Killer is not against Ugasio. She's going to be friends. She's going to be sweet. She's going to be Dulce, cutting us down. Like, just really be there for her. It was so nice to see. God bless her. Let's move on to that runway. And Supreme comes out looking like a big floofin of that pink fantasy. Um, still with the gray hair. Good for you, girl. The Hobbies and Anna are joined by Alaska on the jury, who introduces herself as the other Alaska. And I love that she did because she is fully aware. Right. Um, we're going to do things a little bit backwards and discuss the scene and then do okay. the runways with the judges' critiques. So. Oh, basica or Sinica. We start off with Poopy really getting horny, giving her students zero, and then going to town with the selfies. Um, and we do get to see her touching herself. So that was on TV. I literally, I'm, how are the same person? I wrote between Poopy fingering herself and some other things last episode. I don't remember what they were. It's apparent that we're behind a paywall on WoW Plus. Could never show most of this stuff on other networks. Yeah, exactly. Uh, she takes a video where she's going to confess something, but what? Also that evil laugh that leads to the um, out of breath cough. That was funny. That was good so acting. Good. Yep. Um, we move to Hugasio and Sagittaria. And as the wonderful Tatiana once said, choices. Fully, fully. I, I was a little bit relieved because during rehearsal, it didn't seem... Like she was doing great and at all. And then the final cut, I was like, okay, it doesn't look that bad at the end. Like she was stumbling and stammering, but it didn't look bad at yeah. the end. But then the beads were um, great. Yeah. So we get a lot of weird acting. And then we got as they as, as the subtitle said, um, orgasm balls, um, <laughs> which are basically a giant anal beads. Anal beads. Uh, so like we're just gonna keep pulling them out, but it was the sound effects, which eat with each pop. I was like, I don't want to hear that again, but that's really funny. No, so, so good, good. post-editing. So good. Um, and then Carmen's literally just sucking off a banana. That's all oh. she's doing in that scene. Down. Down. Mm -hmm. Killer went crazy, and Jovima and her acting made zero sense in this scene. But once again, creepy Carmen is stalking in the background with a cup in her mouth so she could deep throat a bunch of bananas and belch. Right. I didn't think that what Jovima... Again, again, I don't, honestly, I don't think that there was, like, a lemon in this... Um, uh, thing in terms of, you know, using the word lemon as like, uh, you know, uh, metaphorically as like, there's like a, like a bad cast member, not actual lemon. Shout out to, shout out to that bitch lemon. Love you, girl. Love you so much. Um, um, but, uh, uh, um, there wasn't like a, like a, like a sour grape or, oh, black sheep. I should, that, that word, that term is dead. There wasn't like a black sheep. Yeah. I, I don't think in the final edit, cause none of them looked like oh, this person is like bombing next to their other castmates. But if we really want to split hairs, I felt like, yeah, Ogasio. And like, yeah, Dovima. Like, I don't think Dovima was like really turning it out. I also yeah. thought that it was one note. And at a certain point, I don't feel like that whatever the character was supposed to be, I don't think this, like the, the, um, 
choice was strong enough. Because like, yes, she was playing the straight man in terms of the serious one to contrast uh, Killer's Crazy. But it was like, why is she grumpy? Why do we have the chain smoker voice? Why, the, like, are you not 15? Like, it was very, like, yeah. unless it was a reference to a very classic, iconic trope from the original show that I just didn't get. For me personally, I was like, I don't know why you're so bah humbug. And it's not specific enough for me to think that, like, you're really turning it. Personally, final right. cut, I thought Dolima would have deserved bottom placement, but okay. That's fair. So Popey's principal has screwed every one of her students until the ghost comes in to tell her she didn't screw her, but wait, she doesn't remember because she was dead. Like necrophilia. I was going to say necrophilia. How far are we straying from the original? Is this actually what the show used to be about? No, 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 no. I don't think there had that happened, but oh my God. Okay. We're doing a necrophilia joke on drag race. No. Gross. But Hugasio and Sagittarius characters are back together and Killer has is having a conniption. Carmen and Poopy walk in eating bananas while there is um, sex in the corner. And that's all I've got in that moment because Poopy reveals that the shotgun that killed Carmen's characters was hers. And then they all kill the principal as they sing the theme song. Okay. What I would like to end this with is whoever wrote this sketch was high and whatever they were having, I would like to have. I was just about to say, I want what they're on. We're, this, we're thinking yes. the same way. I love it. Yes. Because um, that was a fun trip. What? And it Don't want to go things. on it again, but fun trip. Right. Right. <laughs> Literally. It's also one of those things where it's like, uh, again, to what I was saying before, like clearly if you're on Drag Race and you're someone who prior to Drag Race is very serious about your art and your acting, not going to service you here. Because look at the script. Nope. Like, I mean, you, we shouldn't waste much time really trying to like justify the pinch in the owl here. Like the... The, the script writers didn't put that much thought into it. Run with it. Make what, them laugh. What I do appreciate is this wasn't one of those scenes that is full of drag race inside jokes and sure. terms. Sure. Because it allowed the scene to actually play out without trying to hit a punchline that's not going to land. Right. And also, they haven't done much of that at all on this franchise. No. I feel like this no, is... No, no, no. I mean, I haven't seen the Thailand franchise yet, which I have to get to. So I can't make an actual official comment, but I feel like this might be the franchise that is that so far has been the most fearless in not necessarily trying to cater to the right. original american audience of drag race because like even yeah. holland was i mean holland i mean most of the lip sync songs were in english and i was just so surprised they spoke so much english on holland which not complaining about mm -hmm. but like espana feels like very authentic in the sense of like you get it or you don't this is our show which right. is kind of like well, with Holland, I think nah, I think um, the statistic may be completely off, but I think it's 90% of uh, people in Holland speak English. Uh, oh, most people what? are bilingual, so. So that was like a um, cultural thing. That, was, that wasn't like for yeah, the show yeah. at all. That was like, that's no. who they No, but if you're going to do like, I don't know, maybe if there was like an international season uh, in the future and you're going to pull someone from Drag Race Holland, you're going to pull the one that speak, spoke the most um, English um so i don't know maybe janie jacan i don't know what you're talking about who you're referring to yeah fully. who knows but <laughs> um so category is spanish art eleganza extravaganza in honor of the runway we are going to play art or fart <gasps> now before we begin i have to say i think this is my favorite runway category in the history of the franchise it's fun it allows the queens to show their artistry all while paying homage to the culture and heritage that is going to teach the viewers more of this, please. I co-signed that. It was gorgeous. That being said, it was the night of a thousand dollies. Like, right. what are we doing here, people? You gotta have some communication. 
It was the Drag Race España equivalent of the season eight kimonos. Exactly. Well, let's dive into it. Uh, we will start off with Dovima, no designers listed because she is not updating her Instagram whatsoever. I don't understand why, but I love this in concept. She took the reference literally and has a canvas hanging from her. Um, she's using a dolly painting as her artwork, but it's not one of the bigger famous ones. Um, I know this is me being very nitpicky, um, but the reality is the canvas is too big for that frame. But that being said, I think her beat is immaculate. I love the earrings, which are segments for the frame. The hair is divine and pristine. Yeah, I'm, I'm also one of those things where it's like, I should probably discuss, I mean, I don't have to uh, explain. I've explained it so much already throughout the episode. Like, I can't tell if I'm being critical of it just because I already have such a strong opinion about her that I don't want to like what she wears. But personally, I wrote, Dovima's literal interpretation was uninspired in the sense that this isn't what I expected. And I feel like so many girls easily could have been criticized for you took it too literally the categories are and you just hung art from your body and i thought well like, we're gonna we're, we're gonna get to that in a little bit but um yeah um ambrosi says that working with her is, as was a surprise that she had a very had a very clear from the start and it was very nuanced supreme says that her level was a bit lower than her other castmates anna says that she is a risk taker and her silhouette is her strength but she avoided that this week and it was fantastic Alaska uh, says that she has timelessness and that she chose her name on purpose. Anna Locking, I'm not enjoying her. She's really starting to b- piss me off, but we're going to, when she'll, she'll say one thing later on that's really okay. going to get to me. But this look for me, I think it is interesting artistically. I think her face is beautiful. And for that, I will give her an art. Let me Google it because I really want to see, I want to get a closer look again because it's like, it's one of those things. How are you judging it? Is it objectively great? Yeah, it's objectively great, but it's like- I mean, her beat though, is, is, is it's its sensational. I it's agree. really- I agree. It's one of those things where the more and more drag race that exists, it can kind of be hard to tell what's gonna be a good critique and what's gonna be a bad critique. Because the first half of that sentence, your silhouette is usually your strongest point. And this week you avoided that. Is that a bad right. thing? Why did you not use what you know works best? Or- is that showing the judge's versatility and jumping out of the box. Exactly. So like, I couldn't tell how that was going to read. And I mean, yeah, art, because like head to toe, it looks great. But personally, I didn't, because th- it was inventive in the way that like you, she could, you could still see her legs. But personally, yeah. draping fabric from a uh, literal, what, uh, yeah. it, yes, yes, objective art, but like not my favorite interpretation. Audience was 88% art, 12% fart. Okay. Next up. Boopy Poison, hair by Verdejo Pelaquero, look by Carl Pinea, and De Capa Vesturio. This one is hard for me because she's embodying a character from a painting, yet at the same time, it looks like a costume from a bad opera. The painting is in reference of Velasquez Las Meninas, and she is playing the little girl. Um, the hair is so odd that at first I was like, why is she showing her boy hair? Right, but then I right. realized she's bald, and that is just a horrid rooted wig. Right. Um, Poopy is a camp queen, and she still falls into that category with her performance with this costume. So in that regard, it's a success, but it's just not beautiful comparatively. Yeah, I really thought, I'm so glad you brought up the hair and the root, because I was thinking the same thing. I was like, is that a track into her board? Oh, no, I thought, I had the same train of thought. Oh, no, she's bald. Oh, I, I went on the same journey. Right. It was just so, you know, again, objectively good quality dress, 
yes, I see exactly what the reference point is. Yes, stylistically, it's like accurate to what you were. It was giving what you said it would give, but the hair was so distracting to a point where I'm like, why, why? At this point, like, I'm, that's all I'm looking at at this point. That hair was yeah. so distracting. She looks like a little show dog, like a little, what is that, Westminster? <laughs> right. what, dog yeah. competition? Westminster, mm-hmm. right? I was yep. like, this is, what's going on here? Yeah, so... Kava says that very few actresses are as easy to direct as her. Supreme says she has the tools. Anna feared her look would be period from a rental shop, and it was, and it falls short creatively. Alaska disagrees and says poopy is poopy, and we still see her. Yeah, we see poopy, but it is a mess, so I'm giving it a fart. No. I would, too. I would, too. The audience was 21% art, 79% fart, so they're not on board. (laughs) Work, work. Killer Queen, uh, look by Matthias Zanotti. The second she turned the corner, I knew the reference immediately. I thought this right. was an excellent interpretation of Dolly. From the melted clocks to the drawers, this was a celebration of surrealism. The look is inspired by the persistence of memory and the burning giraffe. The color story is spot on, and I love that she included a mustache to really heighten the style. This really is a knockout in my eyes. I was. I also thought it was a really great Dolly reference, and so... Um bold to stray from what we're used to seeing with Dolly references in terms of like Carol Channing, Bette Midler. Yeah. I thought this was really great to do a different kind of Dolly. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um, no, I thought it was absolutely breathtaking. I thought it was brilliant, creative. Personally, I love things that are really cartoonish and it looks like something like two-dimensional come to life. And I thought it was, she's always had like good stuff, Killer Queen, but this, I was like, no, no, mm. no, no. In Spanish, they're like, well, me. Like she, which literally means she ate it. I was like, this is, yeah. she did great. Ambrosi said her problem was she always went with the same idea despite the direct they directed her with nuances. Alaska believes more is more and likes the Dolly elements. Anna's problem is she wanted her to be ha- be her own representation and not the literal painting. Now this is where I have an issue because let's jump over two people to Dovima who is wearing the literal painting. Yeah. So here's my problem with the judging and Anna locking is I think Anna's perspective of drag is not the perspective of drag we in the community actually have. Anna is a fashion designer. She goes in through a fashion perspective. She is not going to look at someone like Poopy and Killer the same way she looks at Sagittaria and Dovima because no matter what, she is going to call them beautiful and fashionable. The other two are not going to give you that, but they're going to give you drag. And that is my issue with Anna. And I really, spoiler alert, do not agree with Killer Queen being in the bottom this week. No, yeah, no. Like, on what planet? Between a look like this and the acting performance. Yeah, sure. As I said, one no in the acting performance. But it was a great no. It was a great no. I knew exa- she, she was crazy. I knew she was crazy the whole time. Like, this isn't, yeah, no. This was absolutely stunning. And again, that's kind of like what I was saying. With so much drag race being out there, out there, it's kind of hard to tell what the judging is going to be on any franchise, yeah. on any season at this point. Um, I, th- I thought about that a lot down under. I've been thinking about that so far in All-Star 6. It's very like... The, it feels like the critique is being catered to whatever the storyline is supposed to be. Correct. So it feels like we're just going to say something bad about this because we want to make sure that this is the desired outcome as opposed to a true judging. This, so it's like you kind yeah. of try to shrug it off. But for, I also- for me, this felt like, well, we're getting close to the end. Killer Queen hasn't been in the bottom yet. She's not in that middle ground. And if she gets to the end without a bottom performance, 
uh, do we have to crown her? I think that's what it was. I think oh. it was a fear of not wanting to give Killer Queen the crown and needing to put her in the bottom because I don't think she deserved right. it. Ever. Right. No. no. Um, I'm going to give this an art. I love this look. I think this was really great. I literally wrote, yeah, this art, 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 art. Audience, 79% art, 21% fart. Oh my gosh, okay, fine. Lugacio look by Fidel David, wig by Hugacio. Uh, so she is going literature for her look, taking inspiration from Cervantes Don Quixote. Um, as she says, this is a painting of Cervantes through a filter of modern illustration via Ricardo Cavallo, who is an illustrator. Um, the wig is yarn, yay, that was cool. Um, I think the color story here is magnificent. You can see where she breaks out of the frame, the colors change and it's so fun. But I think the more neutral frame color would have been a little better of an option okay. for this look. Sure. That being said, she is a visual artist who really breaks the mold and I appreciate that about her. I literally, again, I should probably preface, maybe I'm a little bit biased because I like Dugasio the whole season and I like her style and I like when things are different and colorful and conceptual and a little bit clowny. Plus, I'm on her side between her and Dovima. So maybe that's part of the reason why I'm being influenced so much by it. But literally down. Like the second she turned the corner, I was like, I don't have a single complaint about it. I love it. I know what the reference is. I think this is like a hundred percent meeting the bill of what the category is calling for. I can tell that it's Spanish. I know what your reference is. It looks like I can tell what piece of art it is. I can also see how you're interpreting it in your own way. And visually, even if that wasn't what the category was and the category was like, I don't know, just get into drag. It would look great even without the category being that. Yeah. I, literally, not a single complaint. I'd wear this in a heartbeat. I would love to look like that. I loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it. I literally wrote Killer and Ugasio 8 in my notes. I thought both of these looks back to back were amazing. Calvo said they didn't find what they wanted or the flow. Supreme said her performance lacked precision. Anna thinks her outfit is great with the balance of historical and contemporary. Alaska found the look fantastic. This, for me, absolute art. Done. Art. Art. Audience, 91% art, 9% fart. I'll take it. All right, Sagittaria, look by Javier Navas Catalan, headpiece by Exasius Liquid. Um, well, you can't always look like a winner. The look is based on Dolly's woman with flower head and it's a literal interpretation. I think Sagittarius needed to push it further. This was going to be a hard category for her. And I think that she was unsuccessful simply because she didn't know how to be high fashion model. Right. This was her chance to push beyond her box, but she played it safe. I like the hands, but I do oh. not like the nude illusion being bunched up just so the hands could sit on the arm. I would have preferred to just wrap the arm around without the nude illusion, especially since she's not wearing tights and her legs are exposed. But yeah. Sure. I didn't, I, I've never seen the original reference point. So now that I see this, I'm like, oh, down. That's exactly what yeah. you were doing. Um, yeah, yeah. It's again, it's like, what lens are we looking at it through? Because head to toe, is it a great look? I would say yes, objectively. It's done well. It looks very nice. It looks great on her. Um, but yeah, per the category, I... I, I can't really fault it and say she missed the mark, but it did not excite me, nor did it fit the brief, Right. I think, in a, as impactful as a way as some of the other contestants did. Yeah. And also, like, I mean, stripping on it, like, when you turn around, make sure that you grab the skirt and throw it so it's, like, nowhere near right. your life. I hate to say this, but at the end of the day, it's a leotard with accessories. I'm looking over your shoulder because it's right there. In a way, like... You're not wrong. Like you, I, I see what you're saying. Um, 
Yeah, it, in a way it is, for sure. I do think it's accessorized well enough to the point where I didn't think that when she turned the corner. But yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. Cavo said her scene was hilarious and knew how to overcome the trials. Anna liked the concept. Alaska says that sometimes subtlety works and she would have been a great muse for Dolly. I love Sagittarius, but for me, like compared to everything she's given me, this is a fart for me. I'm not, it's not, I'm not buying what she's selling. I think I would still give it an art in terms of competency right. because I'm not upset. I, I, I have the same opinion of you as it's not as loud and drag as I would want it to be. And it's a little bit more uh, watered down, but not to a point where I think it also looks bad. So it's like, That's it's fair. not where That's I would have taken it, but it is like a literal recreation of the art piece in a way that I think only she could kind of pull off. Absolutely. So not my favorite, but it's art. It's art. Well, the audience slightly agreed with you. They were 53% art, 47% fart. Oh, wow. Split. I like yeah. that. Okay, cool. And finally, Carmen Farala. Look by Carmen. Uh, this was a moment for Carmen. She looks magnificent and elegant, and that beat is unmatched. She is wearing the dress and the look inspired by uh, Menina by John Miro. If you look at the source work, her hair could have been a little larger. Um, but it's very simple and stunning. And the bleeding blue paint was a choice, and I'm shocked that they let her do it. Clean up an aisle catwalk. Fully. But I thought the same thing when she was when she, when I saw it coming out. I was uh, curious to see if it was still going to be there by the time we got to critiques. And then when I saw <laughs> right. the critiques and it was gone, I was like, I wonder how long that took in between. You know, how long did the cameras have to go down for for them to mop up the runway? But uh, right. what I wrote personally was. Carmen looks like a million bucks, neck up, very fun. The hair and color story makes it very retro, feel very retro in 80s. And the gag, the paint was very fun. So I pretty much gave it a thumbs up um, on all fronts in terms of it wasn't as camp and clown as my personal interpretation would have been, which was more like right. Hillary Nagasio. But I mean, Carmen, it is, I mean, not to stand too hard, but like, I'm, it's, I, you'd be hard pressed to find something she wears that I'm not in love with. Um, she, yeah. I, she's phenomenal. She's phenomenal. At, she always looks just so, she's just so gorgeous. And I wrote her the acting challenge. I just always have confidence in her. Like she may not be like the campy queen or the actress, but pretty much any acting challenge that they've had so far, she's pulled her weight. Like when her and Dovima had the same boyfriend with the teddy bear scene a couple episodes ago, I thought she did great. I thought in Snatch Game, giving her bottom, I, I see why they gave her bottom three, spoiler alert, but like, I thought she held her weight there. Like I, I kind of just have almost all the confidence in the world in her. Yeah. So it's like, this wasn't necessarily my interpretation or what I would have done, but it was stunning. It had a theatrical gag to it with the paint, which I, no way could I, is a revealed, no way I could have seen coming. And just the presentation of, the, of her turning in the circle, I was like, done, down, turned yeah. it, done, love it. Pavo said when the bananas came in, the character came in and she stole the show. She made the character stand out. Anna thinks the outfit was fantastic and Alexander McQueen. I will give it an art. Yes, yes, yes. Art, art, stunning, very good. Audience, 84% art, 16% fart. So this was a good runway overall. I would say so. And I think I, the, the way that your audience voted, I think is almost in line kind of with how we felt too. Like, yeah, yeah great. Now, wh why, why, why did no one do Picasso? Picasso, where's the Gaudi? I get it. I mean, I don't know if any of the contestants remaining are like from Barcelona. Like, I don't know. But personally, I mean, again, 
I'm the Spaniard who actually hasn't been that immersed in Spanish culture yet. Barcelona is like the only major city I've gone to. I did Montserrat también, but like I haven't. But, so maybe that was just me being biased. And like in my own experience, I think Spanish art, my first thing was Gaudi, but I was like, it's Gaudi's so colorful. It's so, if you've ever been in Park Well or if you've seen La Sagrada Familia, like everything is just so, it, I, I think it screams drag. It's always yeah. so colorful. So I, why the? I mean, it, I if know. anyone was going to do a Picasso, it would have probably been Hugasio. Hugasio, yeah, fully. Um, I I almost wish this runway happened earlier because I would have loved to see the other interpretations. And there's some of them are on Instagram. Um, Arancha's is probably the stupidest one. Um, do you remember way? like? Um, do you remember that like Monkey Jesus um, uh, painting? No. With like the really weird, it looks like someone's thumbprint was the face. That's what Arancha was doing. Yeah. Shut up. It was really, really ridiculous. That's fierce. Now, but I thought that also last episode um, with, oh, I'm on her Instagram now. Oh, work. Oh, cute. Oh, and that's what the look would have been? Okay, not bad. Oh, yeah, um, yeah sure. Um, but I thought that last episode too. Last episode, I was like, you know what I miss? La Macarena. I miss Magali. Yeah. I wanted to see her instead. I was thinking of the same thing. And this runway too. And the same thing yeah. also down under the headpieces runway. I was like, this was great. I want to see what the other girls had for headpieces. Too. Yeah. Well, it's time for the dreaded question to make its debut on Drag Race Espania. Supreme is going to ask, ask each of them who should go home and why. Boom. Davima says Hugasio. Poopy says same. Killer says Hugasio. Hugasio says based on critiques, it should be killer. Sagittario waffles between killer and Hugasio, but ultimately says Hugasio. And finally, Carmen goes with Hugasio. Are we surprised by these results? No. Again, this is how the show works. Producers do what they want to do. There is a reason why Dovima was the first one out on that runway, because they knew she would say Hugasio and it would start the trend. If someone else was there, I don't know if it would have been Hugasio. Didn't Especially if it would, it was that. killer. Mm-hmm. If it was oh killer, it wouldn't God. have been Hugasio. Oh my mm-hmm. God. So oh, killer, that's just my theory the here. Out on the runway, you, you mean? Yeah. Oh, I didn't think about that. And also, it's so funny, I didn't think about it that way. I literally wrote, they all chose Hugasio on TBH. I'm surprised that they think it's curtains for her because I get it. Like she did lip sync last week. It was clear she was going to lip sync this week. But personally, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. I just, after watching the past couple episodes, like there were times where you watch Drag Race, you're like, girl, if you, yeah. you don't turn this out this week, there's no chance. And I don't think that Ugasio was in a position so far in the season where it was like, she didn't stand a chance. I mean, I always have faith in her looks. I always, and it's like, okay, she struggled bus last week, got it. And she struggled bus again. But there have been some times in Drag Race where it's like, I cannot believe the producers have put you in this far. You, you gotta go this week. That happens sometimes, and I just didn't feel that strongly. Maybe it's because I'm biased. And Rajo Hera. Oh, I'm so excited for her on All Star Six. I, wait, you felt that way about her on Eleven? I can't stand her. No, no way. I do not feel the same way. Okay, work, work. I'm very excited. So my, my three least favorite drag queens in probably the franchise: Rajo Hera, Eureka, and Silky Nutmeg Ganache. This is why I'm struggling with All Star Six. <laughs> oh my god, I, that's a very exciting conversation. I'd love to have it yeah. another time. Uh, I do not. All right, let's let. My point is, I let, don't. Let's, I don't have that experience. Yeah, go ahead. I'm surprised they all. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's go into Untucked Junior. There are little mini Untucked. Um, Poopy said it was nasty to ask the question, but if they ask, you have to answer. 
Fugacio is feeling a bit bad and misunderstood, and she says that she feels betrayed that Sagittaria would say her name since she helped flesh out her role. And Sagittaria is like, but you really didn't. Right. Sagittarius is like, you helped me like with one or two things. She understands why she feels bad, but she picked her because the role seemed unsure and maybe this is the jury's turning point. In, but in the acting moments, it was, it was fine. She apologizes that she feels bad that she betrayed her, but she had to say a name. I, I can't necessarily side with Hugasio in the situation uh-huh. because you're not going to expect your scene partner to save you because right. it really was a joint ensemble piece. Yeah. Um, but, and I don't, I agree. I, I didn't, and we haven't seen a, a relationship between the two of them right. to really have that right. happen. So I'm not, I'm, I'm, I was a little confused where that came from. I think it was really right. just Hugasio in her feelings and looking in her, for in one Literally, Alan. literally love. Because I also thought the same thing. I was like, I just don't think that this is as like cynical or like malicious. Like, I don't think Sagittaria did anything like crazy backstabby. Um, yeah, it was it, you know, when they tried flushing that out. I was like, mm, like I don't think Ugasio has a leg to stand on and try to like accuse yeah. Sagittaria of. Um, and you could tell she didn't buy it because then when Sagittaria was like, I'm so sorry, I didn't want you to feel that way. Ugasio was like, okay, and like that was it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, she, that that conflict has not been resolved. And then I thought it was interesting. Whoopi joining in to comment on Sagittaria's, you know, answer because I felt like they were trying yeah. to make Whoopi was trying to make it look like Sagittaria was like trying to backtrack and like it, she it sounded like she, she was trying to make Sagittaria sound wishy-washy and like she was yeah. weak or like not standing her ground. Um, and I was just like, I'm trying to figure out, you know, as the audience member, but also as someone who's watched so much Drag Race, I was like, what are the editors trying to tell with the story sure. here? Like. Why include Poopy's comment, Poopy's critique of Zaitaria's comment? I was like, what point is this serving? And I, I don't know. It kind of felt a little weird. Yeah, I mean, Hugasio says it's demoralizing to have all her sisters say her name, but Killer feels a bit bad because the experience means the world, but if she has to lip sync, she wants to do it against Hugasio. She tells her no matter what anyone says, don't ever change. And that, of course, Davima breaks attention and says that the video that they saw today will haunt them for the rest of their careers. And you know what? It probably will. Right, right. That moment when Killer started crying, I was like genuinely so emotional. Like, also when when um uh when uh, Ugasu was reading the letter from her brother earlier. Oh wait, or is that last episode? Is that this episode? That was the, the episode letter? before. Oh, sorry. That was the um, episode before. That that moment also got me emotional. Um, and also the editors did a good thing there with the foreshadowing of the shadiness. At one point, it was like on Ugasu's face, and then it was a quick wide shot, and it had Jovima going yep. for half a second. Yep. And I was like. Uh, anyhow, but back mm-hmm. to this moment. When Killer uh, started crying, I was so emotional too. I was like, like she was so earnest and it was so beautiful. Yeah. And that's why I said it was smart that they planted the seed while the girls were getting ready and they included that other clip um, of her telling her, you're beautiful, don't ever change, don't let Dobima throw you. Because now 40 minutes later into the episode, we watch this beautiful heart to heart and like it didn't feel manufactured. And it was just so sweet to see that Killer is such like, a genuinely caring, affectionate, cariñosa, dulce person. Like, it was just so, like, this is what, when Drag Race, is, I think, is really heartwarming at times in terms of, just, like, seeing two artists, two queer people, like, just have this heart-to-heart, and it's, like, I mean, country drama is amazing. It's so much fun. Yeah, but it's also it just so nice to see some genuine love and affection. I was, like, I just, it just made me love Killer that much more. 
Well, it is decision time. Poopy is deemed the winner of the week. Dovima, Carmen, and Sagittarius are safe. Hugasio and Killer Queen are the bottom two. Do you agree? Because I don't. No, I wouldn't say so. And I would think um, it's one of those things where also it could go many different ways. Because again, in terms of the acting performance, I would say Ugasio and Dovima are, were probably the worst. I'm surprised that the, I thought the producers were throwing us there. Into, like during the critiques, yeah. I was like, they want them to fight it out in the bottom two. And then when they saved Dovima, I was like, weird because she definitely did worse in the acting challenge than killer um but so not only were those definitely the worst acting performances but last year in my opinion the look was so good that i was like okay if they want to throw a wild card in there and misdirect the audience and then take last out of the bottom because the look saves her and then throw someone like I don't know Carmen yeah. in there because Carmen was almost in the bottom last week and then she wasn't and it's like I don't I don't if I would I yeah, no I didn't agree with this especially because of the yeah point. I so look that I, had the performance that Killer had I was like this looks weird yeah I I think I would have probably put Hugasio in there just because the acting was not yeah. great um I you could have flipped a coin and put Dovima or Sagittarius in it for me and I would have been fine yeah. but I, I do not agree with Killer Queen being in the bottom and I really I do think it was simply because of the critique. Um, of the look and I really am disappointed by it because literally Anna contradicts herself fully down I agree with what you're saying actually that would have been the bottom three that I would have preferred sadly Ugasio because I don't think she did bad but you know when we're splitting hair is you know worst of a good bunch that was Ugasio's acting so yeah I agree with what you're saying go even more Sagittaria because they didn't you know Sagittaria didn't take she wasn't chewing the scenery like the acting was no. fine it was fine and then your interpretation was wishy-washy depending on how you liked the art recreation and then Dolby Ma I thought it bad in the acting so you know what I, I think you're 100% right that it should have been those three well it's the battle of the stashes they will be performing a spectacular by Fangoria aka one of Alaska's many musical acts hence her shocked face when they announced it um yeah, I just cute. love that they are um giving them songs by the artists who happen to be on the judges panel right. i know that is sometimes happens on drag race not always right um um but i do wonder if like they can now start to like see the trend and if they know what the songs are that are left they're like i wonder if this person is going to be there wait who sorry say that again you're wondering well the cast if, if they know the oh. songs coming up if they can clock oh, who's going to be the yes judges right I've always wondered, um, but, do they get like a whole roster for the whole season or is it only like- Yes, yes and no. So basically what I have heard is that they, that when they arrive, they do get an iPod, which has the songs on it. But according to Miss Art Simone, um, the day they arrived, they only had two songs in their iPod. Um, and that was part of the controversy, but right. whatever. Interesting, okay. The song has a good beat. Um, it's a lot of fun. These queens were not going to put on a stunt show because those th these are not your stunt queens. Right. But there is a lot of arm waving and pointing because, yeah, emotions. Nonetheless, though, Killer Queen had a lot more passion. Hugasio, for me, almost a new defeat was imminent. Um, also, when did Killer Queen lose the stash? Did she remove it or did it fall off? It was all of a sudden it was off her face and was on the middle in the front of the stage. And also, I don't think we saw it. Because at one point... The judges had like a oh react to killer, and I was her, with my mom. So I rerounded, and she was like, "Oh, she did a kick." And I looked, and no, it was, it was like, um, a kick. Like, what was well, the so bit? they what? both they they both did a robot because what's a drag routine without the robot? And then Killer Queen did a quote unquote jump split. Yeah. Um, but it was more of like what I would do if I was falling onto the ground. Fully, fully. Um, 
I don't know. But what yeah, I, what that's what they were was, reacting. Oh, okay, okay. What I wrote was killer gets the winner edit in the beginning because like she, you know, it's usually can be predicted the winner of the lip sync within like the first like 10, 15 seconds. Cause usually in the yeah. first 10 to 15 seconds, one girl gets shown like three times and the other girl only shown once. So in the first 10 to 15 seconds, you're seeing more of killer. So it's like, okay, let's see if it remains killer. And I wrote, not really dancers, are they? Notice this during the girl group challenge. Going back to like, what was it, episode two? I was like, okay, yeah. a cast full of Latinas and no one is like, turning it out the same way that we're used to seeing Latinas like dance their asses off over in America. Um, so I was like, maybe that's like the fact that over in America, a lot of the Latina girls in Drag Race are Puerto Rican from the Caribbean and maybe a European right. thing. Maybe it's like just not in the Spanish blood. I don't know. But um, I wrote, you know, in terms of you, what you said about Killer's passion, I said, it looks like Killer is fighting harder in terms of energy, but I don't think either of them are really turning it, turning it in terms of like dancers yeah. or the song per se. Um, I wrote, I like that they both did the robot thing during the bridge. That's always fun when a girl, you know, the two girls kind of do the same gag at the same time. And then I said, towards the end of the lip sync, when you said Ugasio, it, it kind of felt like she might have known the writing was on the wall. I said, if Ugasio goes home like this, it might be the best a girl has ever looked leaving the competition up there with the likes of season 13's Kamora Hall. I was like, yeah. if Ugasio goes home looking like this, it's one of those like, well, at least you looked like that when you got sent home. Absolutely. At the end of the day, Killer Queen stays, and it's the end of the round for Mugasio Crujente, but Mugasio came to play, and she played well. All the others said she was the one to leave, and they pushed the stars to boot her. Nothing will ever overwhelm her, as this was the epitome of stress. She learned something from each of them, even Dovima. She came to shock, and she did that with different concept of drag. And then she dabs on her way out. Loved. Loved. I wrote all those same things down. There were My uh, analysis, so like those last, whatever, 45 seconds, we're, again, just noticing the difference between the different types of Spanish. The sashay away almost has, sounds like it has a shh in it. It sounds like yeah. Supreme is like sashay away. Very interesting to hear, just as a Spanish speaker. Um, I loved, because oh, we saw this earlier this season when Macarena was like, I did all this sewing and for what? What fucking can't? Like when she had that attitude when she walked off the stage, yeah. I thought that was funny. And then here, when Ugasco was like, let's see if one of them can come up with my ideas. I'd like to see them try or whatever she said. I was like, yeah, Bury my energy. I would say something like that too. Um, and then the pun with the rhyme of Ugasco Crujiente, ya no está presente, chao. Uh, which meaning, you know, Ugasco Crujiente isn't here anymore. Peace. You know, yeah. that basically that was funny. Uh, Crescente, uh, sorry, Crescente Crujiente. And then, she, I mean, this bitch got, I mean, I don't know how much of a businesswoman mind she has going, but she has that rhyme. And then she also follows it up a couple seconds later with Ugasio Crujiente Concepto Drag Diferente, which is like the, the reference that she made uh, during her girl group verse. Like, I'm just a different yeah. concept of drag. So that's another good rhyme if she wants to put it on a shirt. Um, also, I don't know if you clocked it when she was doing her exit interview. I don't know if it fell or if she started to get out of drag, but she has a lash on. Like, this eye is completely naked if you go back and watch. Only this one has an eyelash. And the funny. sash isn't there, so, and you can see the glue. Work. And then also, I wrote the same thing. LOL, the dab. I, I thought that yeah. was brilliant. Yeah. I love her. I love her. And it was also a very mature thing for her to walk out with her head held high like that in the sense of, like, I learned yeah. something from everyone. I'm not upset. This, this, and this, which is great because I was mad enough for her. Yeah, no, I feel like she definitely has the Chelsea boy energy where the fans really got to love her, uh, but she was never going to win the show. Perhaps. Perhaps. Yeah, I could see that. That I, I didn't even think of Chelsea boy that way. You're right. You're right. Well, 
I have some burning questions. We always wrap up with some burning questions. And the first one is what is Fugacio's legacy? Um, yeah. Her, I would say her legacy is a, like um, incredibly consistently interesting visuals. We, we saw that we couldn't necessarily rely on her to always hit every performance challenge out of the park, but I did like ev almost every single thing she wore and everything was exciting and everything push the boundary in a way that I myself, Mandra, am particularly affectionate for because I like cartoon, I like visuals come to life and clown white. So I really think her legacy would be being super creative visually in a way that's a healthy mix of current and old school, you know, art influences. Next week, we got a roast. Will this be the end of the Mean Girl Dovima? Because we have always seen the Mean Girl do poorly in a roast. Oh. Um, that moment will always live on in infamy. I love Aramon's laugh there. But um, will Dovima flop at this? I have no reason to believe that she'll do well. Yeah, she I think this is the end of the road for her. I wouldn't be mad about it. Um, even when, like, you know, she was saying that, like, that's just my face, and she tried doing the bit in the confessional, but, like, this is Dovima upset. This is Dovima happy. She, like, she couldn't get through that without yeah. laughing. Like, so it, it, she's not, yeah, I have no, uh, no reason to believe that she has an incredible amount of prowess suddenly when it comes to live comedy. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like this is going to be another poopy moment. Um, yeah. But, yeah, we'll see what happens. And I always ask this question, after five episodes, the winner of the season is? Oh my God, hold on, I'm gonna look behind you again. Okay, uh, the winner, um, let's see, last year was gone, killer. Honestly, I wouldn't be shocked to say, I think Godman. I think it could easily go to Godman. I'm surprised that the producers have kept Dovima as long as they have. I don't know if they're planning on putting her in the finale. I don't see Dovima winning. If Poofy also does well in the roast challenge and like has like a major trajectory like this all the way into the finale, it could be Poofy. But if the winner's getting crowned right now, episode five, I'd say Godman. I think it's gonna be it's it really for me is a three-way race between Carmen, Poopy, and um Sagittaria. Right. Yes. I just don't think they've given Sagittaria enough of an edit to give her a crown. Yeah. She's pretty shy. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if the judges necessarily see Poopy as the representation of the first winner. Maybe. If she was like season four, absolutely. She's going to win the crown. I think in their eyes, what represents Spanish drag is Carmen Ferrara. I was, well, I was about to ask, what do you think then specifically that they're looking for to represent the franchise in the first season that is not Poopy? Fashion. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She kind of is the only one. That, I mean, no disrespect to Poopy, she's amazing, but she's kind of the only one there who, at this point, she's the only one left in the competition who you cannot rely on to have an impressive runway. She's kind of the only yep. one, like all these girls behind you that are still in the competition kind of are known for like, well, you know, she's going to look cute. She's going to look real cute, real cute. Um, yeah, you're right. Poopy's kind of the only one who's still like, well, at least she's funny. Um, yeah. So it'll it'll be very interesting to see how this plays out because I love a season when I can't figure it out. Mm -hmm. This is one of those seasons I oh. didn't know from the beginning. So we'll see. We'll see. Where can we find you on social media and Venmo? Ooh, oh, brilliant. I love these types of questions. 
you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and also Venmo, all at MandraDNYC. Mandra D, M-A-N-D-R-A-D-E-E, N-Y-C. Let me double check that Venmo. I think that's accurate. It should be. <laughs> well, if it isn't now, you're going to change it. I was exactly with it. By the time this airs, it will be Mandra D, N-Y-C. No, it is. I was right. There Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Venmo, at Mandra D, N-Y-C. I will be so happy to hear from you. Well, it was a pleasure having you on. Thanks for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. I had a lot of fun. A huge thanks to Mandra D for chatting. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, and leave us a review while you're there. If you have any questions or comments, drop me a line at theaterthenow.com via our question link. Like, listen, love. Until next time, I'm Michael Block, and that was Block Talk. 